Hello, everyone, and welcome to Show Hoppers. We are covering today Ozark Season 2, Episode 7, One Way Out. I am Mr. Sal, a high school science teacher who loves Ozark. This is my second time through Season 2. I've seen all of it. I love it all. Well, by all of it, I mean through Season 3. We anxiously await the advent of season four and i'm covering season two here on a rewatch with one of my former students kurt who is in the same situation as me i believe hello kurt howdy all my name is kurt uh how are you all doing great glad to hear. Uh, anyway. okay yeah yes yeah, so i was gonna say i don't think they heard you but uh, you, uh, as long as you as long as you heard the response then that, that's all that matters yes that's all that matters but i'm also i'm very excited to for the season four release Whenever that is, you seem much more bullish in its release date. Maybe I'm a bit more bearish. I, I don't know. I, I'm questioning if it's really going to drop as soon as you claim it's going to drop, Mr. Sal. Oh, I, I don't know. Late. I don't know if it's going to drop as soon as I think it's going to drop. My confidence lies in that I don't think it will drop before we finish coverage of seasons oh, one okay. through three. Oh, oh well, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Okay, now, yeah, in a perfect world, in a perfect world, we it starts it drops uh the the week after we complete season three coverage but i don't think that will happen i think there will be a bit of a gap and that's okay uh, the the most important thing is that we finish through season three before season four starts yes I and agree. i think we will I all right very good so this episode one way out is episode seven of the season so we only have three left of season two after this but I have to guess your rating. That you do. Hmm. Now, what could I rate this? Hmm. So I'll give you a hint. It is okay. between one and ten inclusively. Integers oh, only. What was that last clause? Integers only. Or like integers only. Okay. Whatever. I understand. I know what an integer is. I just didn't hear you. Okay. So, but thank you for clar clarifying that for the listeners who might not know what an integer is. I'm sure they appreciate it. I don't think you know what an integer is. You say you said it so often that you know what it is. You said it like three times in the span of a. Uh, you brought. I think. I think that you're trying to hide the fact you don't know what an integer. Pretty sure I know what an integer is. Uh, anyway, okay. moving on. Uh, all right. So, your rating. Hmm. Well, it's a. It's obviously a Mason-heavy episode. Huh. I. I feel like you've been kind of lukewarm on Mason. You haven't loved him, but you haven't hated him either. Tons of Wendy and Marty, obviously. I think that my question is, did the Ruth and Cade stuff distract you too much from the main story that you that you knocked this down a peg? Uh, but wow, you've revealed yeah. your thoughts on everything there. I think that was very telling. You always think that. I, <laughs> you always say that whatever I say right now is what I'm actually thinking, but. <laughs> I think what you forget is that I know that you think that. So uh, I might be intentionally misleading you by saying something that I completely believe to be false. So uh, let's see. Maybe uh, you, always, you always think that I'm going to think that. So maybe you are just saying the truth. It's true. Like it, it's that we could go. We could go through this all day. I mean, yeah. this the, this could never end. But I'm thinking. I think that you were annoyed with cutting back and forth to Ruth and Cade enough that you did not give this a 10. So I'm going to say you gave this a nine. How do I, how do I um, relate this to something that you can understand in your 
of thought as a teacher. I want you to imagine there's a kid that's doing some math, right? Yes. Okay. Like there, Are there like integers involved? Probably, but probably there... a lot of also decimals involved, right? They're doing <laughs> some, uh, they're doing the like titration or whatever, the ice charts, right. so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And they, they do it so wrong, Mr. Sal, terribly wrong, but okay. they still get the right answer. <laughs> 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 that's that's what well, that's what's occurring here. I think I think you said everything mirrored as to what it really is. I think the basically took away from what I liked with the Ruth and Kate stuff. Oh, so and you then, you enjoyed the Ruth and Kate stuff and didn't like the Mason stuff so much. I I still like the Mason stuff just not as much as the Ruth and Kate stuff. That might be because I hype up Kate. I've now begun to like actually like Kate. Like now that I've I've hyped him <laughs> up, but um, so you, you were completely reversed in that but you still got the yeah i gave it a dime so, the, so you gave it okay right. all right the score hey. was right but the methodology <laughs> was was wrong okay interesting <laughs> very interesting all right so so the the bulk of the episode didn't do it for you but no, the side story no, did enough good. to get it a nine no no because i think it would have gotten nine no matter what even if the side story wasn't as good like I, I didn't dislike the main. I just liked the side story. Like, I did enjoy like the statement you said was false to me. Okay, like I, I did not agree that the side story took away from the main story, and maybe okay. like not like the episode as much. I would disagree with. Okay. That. Okay. All right. But I yep. guess I guess that's the force. But um, as for you, I, th I think you just revealed how you really feel about the episode. I think you gave it a ten. Wait. Okay. I'm. Even confused. though you hate Mason, you give the episode a ten. I'm confused though. Why? How did what I said reveal that I gave it a ten? I, I don't understand. That's just as, you, you, you've played your, you've played your hand, Mr. Sal. You've given it a ten. Okay, I well, of course I gave it a ten. Of course I gave it a ten. I, can't believe you didn't give it a ten. You're so <laughs> wrong about this. I can't. I, I'm, I'm kind you've of been, in some you've been, shock you've, here. You've been, you've been doubting on Mason this entire season. That is like. I mean, I don't want to say swan song, but, but like his, obviously this is the most prevalent episode he's probably ever been in. Maybe you mm -hmm. know, one of his early ones, season one. And like, you gave him a 10? So you did like yeah. Mason at the end of it. Listen, this is not about Mason. This this episode is not <laughs> about, about Mason. I mean, no, it isn't. There's a lot about Wendy. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this, this is, uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, everything I said about Ruth's side story was total bubkiss. I love that side story. I think it's spectacular, and I uh, and a welcome distraction at certain points in the episode when the Wendy Mason stuff is getting a little too heavy-handed. So listen, you you played your hand, Mister Sale. I knew you gave it a ten by the way you spoke about it. Okay, I couldn't get my rating though. I did get your rating though. Oh, you did actually. No, never mind. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Which methodology was all a whack, all whack. Like yeah, if if I was grading well, it, you would barely yeah. get any points for that. I give you the least so amount of points. I was uh, at least half of why I said what I said was to distract you from my rating, which obviously didn't work. <laughs> no, because when you give it a ten, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if I'm guessing ten, it doesn't matter how much I think you found it. <laughs> so, uh, so what made it so obvious that I gave it a ten? I just, you know. Wendy is like pretty prevalent in the episode. Like, I was gonna guess ten no matter what. That's what you gave it. Okay. Like, I, I walked into this gonna <clears throat> say that you gave it a ten. I watched okay. the episode and went, ah, oh, Michelle gave that a ten. And then 
Well, okay, but why? Like, what, what is it about the episode that makes it like a Sal episode? You know it when you see it, right? You just, you just, yeah. you just get that oh, inclination. I totally agree. And th- there are certain movies that I don't even recommend to people because I'm like, oh my God, I love this movie so much, but that's such a Sal, a Mr. Sal movie. Like, there, there's, there's no way anybody else is going to like it. Like, but, but this is, I didn't feel like this was a Mr. Sal episode. I felt like this would be pretty universally accepted as possibly the best episode of ozark so far really it's it's i may not be but it's a it's a contender i think nah <laughs> no wow <laughs> oh would man go as far to say that no uh see i i look at this episode as like I, you know, you know, you know I, I, i'm warming up the more i think about it as as uh, listen i'm not gonna say it's like a contender for number one but yeah I well, you didn't give it a, a 10. 10, so I can say, so, I can say you give it a 10. I'm, I'm thinking maybe you can convince me to give it a 10, but I I, th- I hope so because I I really think this is a spectacular episode. I I put this in a category, and maybe this is too on the nose because when I say the, these next two episodes, it, I, it's going to be you're going to see a common thread here. I put it in, in a uh, category with Cairo from uh, Leftover Season One and Confidence Man from Lost Season One. <laughs> Huh. Can you can you guess why? Uh, something to do with something. I don't know, Mr. Sam. No idea. But yeah, if you don't know so, the listener, you should watch the Leftovers and Lost series to uh, figure yes, out. Both yes. are in season one of their respective uh, series. What? Both both episodes, Cairo and uh, the Leftovers. Oh, I understand. Uh, yeah, Conference yeah. Man. They're both in season one. They are. The they're on? actually they're actually both oh, episode, episode eight. eight. <laughs> <laughs> they do sync up. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, if this was if this time. if this had been episode eight of this season, oh, I don't know. I might have uh, I've started believing in lots of <laughs> the eight episode theories. rule, but so, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in episode eight of any wonderful season of television, there must be a kidnapping, yeah. <laughs> or at least uh, what would you call that? Not a kidnapping, because that's not the way it went in Confidence Man. Uh, you mu- there must be a captive. Okay, yeah, someone captive. Someone, someone's got a gun at someone. <laughs> yeah. You know. So, so anyway, um, so I I do absolutely love this episode, and I think that I might be able to convince you. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about the title. So, one way out. Do you want me to go first? Or do you want to go first? <laughs> so you you've also here played your hand because I see. You have like you know for for the season uh, we we've decided for the oh the you, recap did, episode we're going to discuss our yeah. best and worst titles. I see. Yeah. Did I put it in the spreadsheet already? I I do see under the spreadsheet that one of your contenders uh, may be this title of this episode. So oh I totally yeah so I'll go first then yes I yeah. I I think this is probably the best Ozark title that there has been. It's certainly better than anything in season one. Uh, in season two here, uh, I liked Game Day a lot. I liked the f- the first episode of this season. Um, why am I drawing a blank on that title? Reparations. I, I liked that one a lot. Reparations are good, but just by comparison, it's not really like yeah. that great. But this this episode title to me is spot on. This this is what they should strive for with every title. This this title is great uh i don't know yeah. if it's the best title i have to think on that i have to like look at the other titles but it could be 
definitely a contender. The, uh, if if you say anything other than... It. At first, I did not get it. And I was like, this is a oh. terrible title. But then I went, wait a second. No, it makes all the sense. Which it, mm-hmm. it refers to um, Wendy's kind of analogy to why people sin, right? It was like the Adam and Eve story. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You think you Which, live one way. Yeah, which is a great scene. And then and on top of that, it refers to her condition. You know, she and Marty think that they can get out of this without killing anybody or being killed themselves. And they recognize that there really is only one way out of this, and that's killing Mason. So, yeah. So it's a, it's a good title. Yeah, th- this title. is. This is. A it great is title. a great title. Like I think, uh, yeah. yeah, just as like a regular show, great title. Ozark mm-hmm. could be the best title. Yeah, this days. is like S tier of Ozark, for sure. So legendary title. Not much. Not much more to say on that. Though. Just great title. Good work. Yeah. It's, it's, it's awesome. All right, good. I'm glad we agree on that anyway. All right, so let's talk about the symbols then. So the Z, we have what looks like a drop of water and wave fronts forming around it. Yeah, yeah, the Z itself. I don't I think it's the way that it glimmers to make yeah. the Z. So whatever. Yep. But yeah, the Z or the the water, I it's just, I think, supposed to signify like root PTSD, you know, because mm-hmm. you always see water in Ozark. Uh, those arcs in general but yeah just you know her PTSD at some point they're in water and she's freaking out yeah. so yeah. yeah and I do I do love that they included some reference to Ruth's story in the in the symbols mm-hmm. I don't think this is a great way to do it but I agree. the shower scene one that could have been a good one but come on make a z out of the shower yeah, or she, did, she didn't take she didn't take a shower in this episode. Not this one, but I think it was last episode when she took a shower, and we were like, "That would right. have been a good one to make a symbol of." Right. Yes, I agree. With regards to Ruth and her, you know, issues. So mm-hmm. uh, I agree. Okay. So, but but it is. It, I'm glad that that her water PS, PTSD is represented here in the symbols. I think that they probably could have come up with a better way to represent it because it was once I once I found the Z in the pattern, I was like, all right, I guess I do see the Z. It, it could have been it could have been like a tie or something. A tie. A tie. Uh, like um, I think as a, as a kid, a very common gift. I don't say it's the most common or a belt, like yeah. to give your father for Father's okay. Day. It's like a tie or a belt or something because you're a kid and you don't really know what else to get them because. Okay. Ruth's probably going to be gifting her father something for Father's Day because he's a great A father. Oh boy, he is the stuff, simply so. the best. <laughs> Which I'm ready to argue, and I think I've got a good ammunition. I listen. I would not want to be on your side of this like sling okay. fest. So let me get to it. Interesting. Okay, because I I, I had this, there's a discussion that I want to have regarding that as well, and uh-huh. actually perhaps a new segment of the show that we can make a regular segment. Well, okay. We'll get- okay. But we'll get there when we get there. Yes. Okay. Okay. So letter A is a tea kettle. Obviously, this is the tea kettle that Wendy puts on the stove, uh, more or less to distract Mason. Uh, and when it whistles and he goes to get it, she hits him with a fire extinguisher. So that's tea kettle. I think this is probably, to me, the best representation of the letter. This was the clearest yeah. letter to me that this was the A. I would call this the best letter and probably like the best symbol. Uh, okay. I, 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 yeah, I'm fine with calling it the best symbol. I, I, it definitely was one of my top two for the best symbols. I think I actually, this was, I, I really 
wrapped, I racked my brain going round and round about this and somehow landed on the R as my favorite symbol for the episode. Really? The pen and pad. Yeah. You, you, yeah. You, I did. You, what gets you the pen and pad is, do you actually see the pen and pad? So uh, let me just say, I, I presume it's the interview that we get at the yes. beginning and at the end. Yes. Uh, is the pen and the pad because it kind of just looks like the kind of like the news journalist, whatever pen yep. and pad thing. Do we see it ever? I, I never really. I think we see it at the end. We definitely don't see it in the beginning. It. Okay. Because they do show her at the end, but I wasn't they looking yeah. down at her like lap to see uh, yeah. if she's writing or anything. But I agree, the interview is really cool. I love how they do yeah. that. I love when Ozark just plops you in a random scene and you're in the beginning, like, wow, what, you know, what's up, Marty? What's wrong? And then Athena's like, ah, I definitely see what's wrong. <laughs> yeah. over like your PTS causing device closer to you. Yep. Um, yes, exactly. So, <laughs> oh, when we come about PTSD, a lot of people. A lot of people are suffering. Oh, for sure. A lot of things. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I you know, PTSD maybe is a little specific. I definitely trauma. Like, trauma. Yeah. It, I should be using that. Yeah. yeah. Traumatic. Yeah. Yeah. So the, I mean, the, there's there's trauma here that these people are dealing with, and probably, you know, PTSD is certainly something we it could be. I I don't know if that I'm familiar enough with the clinical terminology to to put that label on it but there's definitely trauma here and people are dealing with it and i i love the pen and the pad because that to me I, I, we're going to talk more about this but this episode is a turning point in the series for me and which is probably why i love it so much because i feel like in this episode this is the episode where wendy takes over and marty becomes second fiddle fair okay so i'm gonna have to see how i feel about that moving forward i'll keep this in mind i'm not gonna go two ways about it because i gotta give it a look myself but but the pen and the paper are the most representative of that transition to me that's because you see it so clearly in that interview so anyway like i'm never gonna forget the basement scenes like whenever whenever i think of one way out i'll think of the basement scenes for sure but when i look at the symbol and i see the pen and the pad i'm going to remember oh my god that's right this is the one that started and ended with that interview where marty was just a shell of himself and wendy was like top of the world yeah she was slaying so, it yeah so uh and then k is the pacifier which this is my least favorite letter and my least favorite symbol I don't think uh, there even. I don't even think there was a pacifier in this episode. I don't think there's a pacifier. I guess a pacifier would have been nice uh, at the end. <laughs> I think that's what they're trying, trying to say. Like the baby crying. Yeah. Uh, so, I, so you know what? So I get. Yeah. Go ahead. That might have made the symbol better for me. Thinking of it in that context, I was thinking of it as like, oh yeah, baby. Yeah. So you got it. And then I. I well, and that's. That's it. That, that's that's what it no, was. No, I I think it might have to do with the fact that the baby cried and it kind of caused the uh the kerfuffle. But they didn't give it a pacifier or anything. Yeah, but like if it had a pacifier, like what? Why do you give a baby a pacifier so it stops crying? If only. Okay. Right. So basically, now we they've just set a new precedent in the symbols mm-hmm. that now they can add things that would have been nice to have. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. I like this precedent. I would love it if the symbols became like three things that were in the episode and one that would have been nice to have in the episode. <laughs> like, that, for us, it be... could be like, 
like uh, some sort of gloves or something. I, I, I don't know. Uh, it was like something to so they don't get shocked. Uh, it could it could have been a male bobcat. Yeah, male bobcat, <laughs> like just something you know. I think uh, I like I like this transition that they might be starting here. It's just you know, let's have something that would have been nice in the episode. No, uh, I but I, it's not as bad as I thought it was when I think about it. If that's what they mean by it, but like you know, a pacifier stops baby from crying would have been nice to have. Uh, I see. Yeah, I, I I don't love this because this is like, all right, symbol, uh, baby. All right, what can we use? We're not going to watch the episode, but what can we use to symbolize a baby? Oh yeah, a pacifier that could make a K. Which, by the way, I don't think it looks anything like a K. Compared to some of the other Ks, lowercase K. I'm okay. With <laughs> okay. This. I'm okay right. with this. I, oh. you know, I'm going to look back at this and I'm going to think about that uh, crying scene now. I think. It's a good job symbol. I still think it's my least favorite, but um, okay, not 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 as bad. I was gonna really rip on it, but I think it's I think it's pretty good. Now, yeah. I like all these. All symbols. right, they're all good symbols. Like this is okay. this, is, this is like an A tier symbol thing. Actually, I like all these symbols now. It's great. Yeah, no, they're, they're they're not they're they're pretty good symbols. Uh, I think they probably could have done better with the drop and the wave fronts, and I I think that there's a better there could have there should have been a better way to represent Zeke than a pacifier that wasn't in the episode. So, would have been nice anyway. though to have. We can all agree on that, right? Would have been nice to have. Would have been, been nice to have. have. I, I, I'm not sure it would have done the trick here, but but it would have been nice. You're right. All right, let's begin going through the episode. Let's start the rundown here. We open at home, and it's immediately it struck me as a scene that is going to be going to be revisited later in the episode. Yeah. This didn't. Yeah. Like, it, you, 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 go ahead. You're used to this from Ozark at this point. In season oh, two. sure. They've done this a lot. Yeah. So Wendy and Marty are being interviewed, and Wendy is on point. She's answering the questions. No problem. Marty is completely zoned out, We and we don't know why. Remembering back to the end of the last episode, he had just found out that Rachel was uh, wearing a wire. They kissed. And I, you know, I guess if, if you want to, you could think that that's what he's thinking about, but he almost looks like he has tears in his eyes. So, which by the way, that was either a good bit of acting or a good bit of chemical tear producer, whatever, because it looked like he was welling up, but not actually weeping. I like to imagine to get him to well up, they said, Jason, we're killing we're killing you off later this episode. He's like, no, please. He's like, he's like, <laughs> he's like not the income. He's, he's like, tear up. <laughs> but uh, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, no, I agree. Yeah, the I didn't notice it too yeah. much during this part, like the uh, the first scene, but especially like uh, when they showed it again later. It's very, yeah, very apparent. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, what is wrong with Marty? And then I say, then I ask myself, what? was the last thing we see we saw him do while he was kissing Rachel and finding out that she was wearing a wire. This doesn't seem like the reaction to that. Yeah. This this seems like there's there's some deeper trauma than that. So we kind of have an idea that we're going to be seeing this scene again, but we move off of the scene for the time being and we move to some parking lot at night where Kate and Ruth are fencing chopped boat parts and the fence comes in to buy the parts driving a 
a Crown Victoria, which is uh, the quintessential police car. Cade sees it, thinks it's a police car. And what what's interesting about this scene is that Ruth tells Cade to run. So Ruth is ready to protect Cade from the police, which means yeah. I mean she's willing to take the fall for this. Good, good girl. See, Cade. Good girl. Cade treats her right. Cade okay. treats her right. Cade treats her right. Yeah, she just listen, saved his ass. She, he didn't to. do it. Yeah, but because listen, look throughout the episode, Cade's the sweetest dad. Now, okay. now, criminality aside, uh, he's a good father. Okay. Uh, I want I want you to save your good father Cade arguments for later because I have I have an I have a segment that we're gonna do later. Is it on. the end of the podcast? It or? is gonna be toward the end. Okay, I'll have to hold him in. It's hard to hold him in though. When I uh, you know what? You're you're we, we can regard for Cade. All right, we'll we'll put him earlier. That's fine. We'll you're, put him earlier. But anyway, uh, the the fence does arrive and basically says, you know, this stuff's crap. I want a thermal imaging system. Uh, And Cade thinks that's going to be impossible to find. And fence says, you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. So they're going to try to get it back at home. uh, I'm sorry. Anything you want to say about that scene beyond that? Okay. So back at home. Marty apparently has told Rachel, I'm sorry, told Wendy about Rachel uh, that, well, at least that she's wear, been wearing a wire. She, he probably didn't tell her about the kiss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she, he, she does know now that, she, that Rachel's wearing a wire. Marty wants to use that to feed misinformation to the FBI. Wendy wants a clean break. She wants to sever all ties with Rachel at this point. Okay, so this leads me into a new segment that I want to call Pick a Side. So we're both going to pick a side here and we're going to argue the point. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait. oh, is this the new segment you're referring to? This like, is the new segment. This, okay. this is the new segment, but we're going to do it twice in this episode. So, <laughs> so Okay, so pick a side. Pick so a we side. Pick but, opposite sides? I yeah, we have to pick opposite sides. I'll, and I, I will tell you what the, what the other pick a side is going to be. But we're not going to do it yet. Okay. Okay. The other pick aside is going to be who is the worst father, Cade or Mason? Okay. Now I, I'm 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 reasonably certain that I know which one you're going to pick. There. Yeah, so okay. yeah, so but I will I will let you uh, you're going to get to pick first for one of them and I'll pick first for the other one. So which one do you want to pick first on? Second one. So you want so which one's the worst father? Yeah. You want you can to pick, pick first. For, okay. Now. You can pick first so now. I'll pick first now. Uh, pick a side. So Marty, who wants to use the the wire to feed misinformation, or Wendy, who wants a clean break. Okay, I am going to take Marty's side on this. Okay. So you Talk are going to be side. taking you're, you're going to be taking noticed. Wendy's side. I yep. thought it be noted that I've been blindsided by this new segment. And I feel so <laughs> that. You you have prepared on every scenario like you, you're gonna have the most loquacious, best defense like people the jury <laughs> might I might I have segment A right no, this, like you you planned this all out to make I prepared make all cool. four yeah I, yeah. I prepared all four defenses <laughs> you're you're all good to go but anyway <laughs> being said yeah move forward you you okay so okay. so uh, yeah. 
So I'm going to take Marty's side. Why do, you, why do you think Marty should be feeding information? Isn't that a bit risky? Okay. So uh, we don't have to role play it, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> like, I'm not Marty. You're not Wendy. We're not going to do it that way. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to do that. I was like, what? It's a bit risky, though, for Marty to do that. <laughs> so uh, I, there, there's definitely a risk inherent in that for sure. I think there's also a risk in uh, cutting ties because here, here's the thing. The FBI is going to be surveilling you. And right now, you know exactly where and how they're surveilling you. Mm-hmm. If you sever ties with Rachel, they're going to find a different way that you don't know. So that's that's thing one. Thing two, and this is this is totally a Marty perspective thing that I'm sure Wendy doesn't give two figs about, but I'm sure Marty would be worried for Rachel's safety if he severs ties with her mm-hmm. because she no longer has anything to offer the fbi and then the third reason would be the actual feeding of misinformation okay the actual feeding of misinformation could really really benefit them he could throw them in exactly the wrong direction you know what he could even if he doesn't want to partner with the snells anymore he could throw them under the bus so he could do whatever he wants with with this wire. This is a useful tool that should not be thrown he's away. Got, he's got a microphone right into Petty's ear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Petty doesn't know that he has. Yeah. So so that's that's my that's my argument for for Marty's side here. So, so okay, well, well here, here are two things, and the biggest one is how can he know you can trust Rachel? She's already betrayed you once, mm-hmm. and she came back. Seemingly, the the context of because she was forced to. I don't think, was she going to come back on her own? Doesn't look like it, right? As the viewer, we know that she was forced to come back, but even Wendy's perspective, right? Seems as though she's been wired since she's returned, right? With all those, um, all our businesses closing and so on and so forth, right? Seems like, mm-hmm. um, so that, that's the big thing. Can you trust her? And can you even trust her enough to be texting? Why are they texting, by the way? Okay. <laughs> and then like the next year when they start texting. Oh. <laughs> like that is, I know what they're trying to do just so that we're like, we can see, I, I guess you could just write this stuff down, but they're trying to do it. So yeah. like, in the, well, handwriting it, handwriting it would have been probably better. Yeah, exactly. But whatever, I'll, I'll look at that <laughs> slide. But you know, how can you trust Rachel? And what if she's trying to play you? Also as the viewer, we know how Rachel utilized them outing Petty uh, to give herself a better position, right? To eventually get Ruth to like kind of uh, give her some stuff for a warrant. So, you know, as a viewer, what if Rachel is just trying to go for like the long play here? And Petty or Marty, if you can't actually end up protecting Rachel, then her, she's afraid her life's at risk. Then, you know, like a drowning person that pushes the lifeguard underneath trying to save themselves, right? From like the instinctual reaction. What if uh, Rachel just ends up still betraying you just so she can save herself right i don't you're putting in a lot of trust in rachel who's already betrayed you before and you're just hoping she won't betray you again okay (laughs) all right Uh, so how do we how do we end the segment so i mean we uh, because you and i are actual viewpoints (laughs) i think we have the same agree i agree with your viewpoint but i do agree it's because i know but here's why i agree with it it's because i know um, Rachel does not trust Petty. But from yeah. their perspective, from Marty's and Wendy's, especially Wendy's perspective, mm-hmm. how do I not know she doesn't? Like, I don't, I've never really even met Petty one on one. Right. Even, yeah. So. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. I, I understand Wendy's position, but I think Marty has the stronger position here. And you agree that Marty's is the probably correct position? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. So I win. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right so i hope you had fun with that segment pick a side we are going to do that again this episode uh with kate and mason so my plan was to put that uh in the scene where zeke is returned to mason because it's the first time we see mason being a father okay that's so uh is that can you wait that long yeah 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 all right if you can't if you just can't contain yourself let me know and we'll jump to it okay so out on the lake, uh, Ruth and Kate are in a boat. They're casing out a boat that has this, uh, what is this thermal imaging system? Yeah, this 10 they're, grand thing, you know. Yeah, they're, they're casing this out. And Cade wants Ruth to work harder on stealing Marty's money. You know, what, I hope we're not wasting our time on this little stuff when we could have, when we could be having the big stuff here. Cade apparently didn't get the waterboard message that betraying Marty is betraying the cartel. But he's, so he's applying the pressure to Ruth. And Ruth, by the way, is very queasy about being out on a boat on the water. Understandable. Right. You know, it's, it's at a certain point, I think Kate said to, says to her, it's just water or, or just a little water, maybe. Something, yeah, something to that yeah. effect. But... Anyway, all right. Anything you want to say about this or are you saving it for the? Nope, nothing, nothing to comment there. Uh, okay. Back to the blue cat, not back to it, first time to it to, uh, in this episode. The blue cat, Rachel and Marty verbally, they, they flirt verbally while they're texting each other. And we already said they really should be writing this down, not on a text. I can't believe Petty's not watching Rachel's phone, but whatever. Anyway, Rachel asks Marty to vouch for her to the cartel. That's her ask for Marty. And Marty says he can't control them and that they would kill his family. And he's sorry, but there's nothing he can do. They kiss again, but Marty apologizes that he can't help, and he leaves. So the, the fact that they kiss again is a thing. <laughs> that that yeah. seems significant to me. It does, because, but yeah. it's important to the chronologic, like uh, the ordering of it is they kiss again, and... Well, Rachel asks again for her. So Rachel asks. Marty says he can't because he's afraid that they would kill possibly his whole family. Mm -hmm. uh, Rachel then replies, you know, he wants her him to try. They kiss, and then Marty says, "I'm, you know, I'm too scared that they, you know, they'd kill my, you know, they could kill my family." So, so the kiss might implying... have also been like a, it might, have, it might have been like a try to coax Marty over type of thing. But maybe, I see. but maybe not. I'm not saying I'm not saying that definitively, but. The ordering of it would make sense that it was, you know, like, come on, Marty, right? Yeah. I, I, the so sense. you think that there's a better chance that Marty has an actual thing for Rachel than Rachel has an actual thing for Marty? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I could buy that. I could buy that. If, if, okay. if all those events happened, like when Marty mm -hmm. says for the second time that they could kill his family and then they kiss, then I think that's pretty mutual. But the fact that it kind of happens when Rachel really wants something from Marty is, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, could be. She's just yeah. trying to really, she really wants, uh, I imagine, <laughs> a vouch yeah. Yeah. for the cartel and for Marty to help yeah. her. So You may be right. You may be right. And boy, I cannot for the life of me remember where this Rachel storyline goes. I, I have no idea. It's like I'm watching it for the first time. You have to see. <laughs> anyway. Do you remember? Possibly. Okay. 
<laughs> so <laughs> back at the house, Wendy gets in her car and gets kidnapped. Uh, how, when you're working for a Mexican drug cartel, do you not keep your doors locked? Maybe she did. And like um, Mason just like lock picked it or he like. Boy, that has would be the something. Same key, like as a same if he car, turns out. If he, oh god, if he has the skill set to pick the lock on a car door, that would be surprising to me. But I've wanted uh, to learn to pick a lock. Like you know, they have those like lock picking kit online. You yes. Get? I yes. don't want to try that out, but I never know when I would practically use picking a lock. That mm -hmm. seems like a hobby, not really. Like I, I don't really want to get down that rabbit hole. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, you should become a lock yes. I think I think I think that's definitely something you. All right, well, I'll take that into consideration. Thank you. No so, <laughs> they're we're at the office now, and they have this meeting with this PR representative. Uh, it's supposed to be a ten o'clock meeting, which Wendy did say, uh, right way back in in the third scene when uh, they were discussing whether or not to trust Rachel. Wendy said they have a meeting with the PR rep at ten. It's now 10.32 and Wendy's not there. Uh, and Marty has tried calling her. She's not picking up the phone. Uh, and apparently tomorrow they have a reporter from, a lifestyle reporter from, I don't remember what magazine it is, but anyway, well, is going to be interviewing them. Okay. But the point here is that Wendy is not there and Marty doesn't know where she is. Yep. Turns out she's in a field. And Wendy gets transferred from the trunk of a, of a different car or to the trunk of a different car while the whole time talking about her kids. Obviously, she's doing this to get sympathy. You know, I have two children. I have a 15-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son. And, you know, the 14-year-old son is really awkward, but I feel like he could do anything he wants to do. And, the, and, and she's, she's trying to make it as personal as she can so that the kidnapper has as difficult a time as they can kidnapping her. It's like they say you shouldn't name an animal that you're going to kill for like right. food or something or like just so you don't get attached to it. Talk to my she's yeah. like, my name's Wendy. My name's Wendy, a bird. Yep. <laughs> like, like naming yep. yourself immediately. <laughs> yep, <laughs> exactly. Yep. And I and I, I think this is a pretty strong strategy, you know, especially given who this nah. turns out to be. You know, I guess for me, I feel like I don't know if I think this is a great strategy. Just talking about your family. No? Like, I mean, if you think it's the cartel, I don't think that's doing much for you, right? Like, that is... In fact, maybe it just annoys them. Maybe you're just going to, like, get more angry. Like, what are you doing? Dude, just... We already know you have a family. That's why <laughs> right. we know everything about you. Uh, and honestly, I don't know even if the family stuff paid off for Mason. It's just, I think, what she does later with him that really pays off. I don't yeah. think it's... Oh, for sure. Case at all. So I don't, but, I don't really know if it would help. Like if someone, if someone's in your car kidnapping you, they already yeah. know everything about you, or at least they know enough. They know you. They know you have. A, they know, right? They like this. This is irrelevant well, at that point. All right. They know you have a 15-year-old daughter and a 14-year-old son. They don't know. They might, and they might know their names. They don't know that you know the the 14-year-old son is a little awkward, but could probably take apart, you know, whatever, and put it back together. Like they don't know. They don't know the people; they just know who they are. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't know how much that would actually help in that case, though. If well, no look, I to take you. <laughs> I don't think it's helps all that much. I'll I'll tell you this much: if I ever get kidnapped, I am going to use the strategy because I saw it on Ozark, and and I appreciate it because I think this is a very solid strategy. I agree. Listen. I agree it's a good strategy if you get randomly kidnapped. Like you're just walking about the street and you get kidnapped. Yep. Like if, if you 
No, if if you if they could have just kidnapped you, not because you're Mr. Sal, but just because you were the person there, I think that's mm-hmm. a great strategy. Don't get me wrong. But if they have purposely picked you out, like they're waiting in your car to get you, I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to work at all. Like, I don't think so. What's a good. what's a better strategy then? I, I'm not saying there's a replacement strategy, <laughs> but just I don't think this is this this might even annoy them more than it helps. I just think this is like this does not work if they've come, come just for you. If if, okay. if they just kidnapped someone right and you just happen mm-hmm. to be that suspect that it might help i agree that might help because now you're personalizing yourself but yeah. i don't think it helps all that much if they've picked you out already okay i you're and you're probably right but i think that you got to take that chance because <laughs> yeah, this is this is this is the right this is the right play this is and it's the only play that you have so i wonder i wonder like if the cartel did this and they just hit her over the head for doing this like like shut up i mean they might but but just to shut her up and then you know you wake up and you know all right that's not a strategy that works <laughs> now we know yeah exactly this is why we experiment things yep by the way we do learn jonah's age is 14 which yeah. we've been trying to figure out for a season and a half now so he's 14 all right and then back and forth between the office and the field marty tracks wendy's phone to the field uh and the van is there it's empty her phone is in her purse, which is in the van. And where is Wendy? Well, she's in a basement, tied up, and she hears this mumbled prayer. I don't know if you remember the first time that you saw this episode, but did you know it was Mason at that point? I think or they, do you not remember? I think that you can tell it's Mason when he's dragging her outside. Oh, really? I feel like you I, I can't remember correctly. I don't remember how like how I am when i first watched this i mean if you have if you really know mason's build and hands then you probably could figure that out but they don't make it obvious that's that it's mason then yeah i don't know i don't know how i felt space. when it got revealed i can't remember how i felt yeah i can't either so uh, but he doesn't get revealed here it's just the mumbled prayers for now so marty is convinced that this is the snells that did this i don't know what makes him think it was the snells and not the cartel well, because, but yeah. I mean, he, he looks, you know, because of um, Darlene seemed really upset at, especially Wendy, for coming over talking about, you know, possibly pulling some strings with Wilkes to get her a baby mm-hmm. and then burning <laughs> the poppy fields. So, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. I could definitely see the reasoning. I definitely see the reasoning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can too. And this That's is the only Darlene. That's true. It's only Darlene. Jacob's not there because Jacob had other things to do and he couldn't talk because marty at one point says where's jacob maybe i'll go talk to the sane one yeah i know (laughs) yeah but well let me tell you something i've said this before about other characters and other series that i don't want to name right now for fear of spoiling those series and those characters darlene does not play innocent well no, well, she's very aggressive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we we know she's innocent, but my God, there's no way that Marty would ever know that she's innocent. No, yeah, Marty keeps doubling down. Like, I will, you know, I will yeah. do something about this. I'll tell the cartel. I'll start a war. I'll start yeah. it. <laughs> and then yeah, it's like, like why do you want to start a war that you have zero chance of winning? <laughs> it's like, but so so yeah, I, it, she pushes his buttons, and she's good at pushing his buttons. But she is not good at convincing anybody that she's innocent. 
she's she it's like um this is really like i know you'll know the reference i don't know if, I, if people listening will know the reference it's a trivia i know it's in trivia murder party 2 in the jackbox game i don't know if it's a trivia yep. murder party 1 it's the mini game where you have to roll the dice and whoever yep. has the highest roll but below 21 lives do you know that game oh uh no that's that must be trivia murder party 2 i've only oh, played okay. one. Oh, okay well yeah it's a mini game uh it's like the death game right so you, you you're you and whoever many people there are with normally it's like one other person but whatever you and some other people and you have to roll dice you have like 30 seconds and you can keep rolling the dice and whoever has the highest number will live unless you get over 21 then you immediately die you're the one that dies right uh Mm -hmm. but there's also people that are rolling to increment you by one basically all i'm saying here is that she's the master of rolling the strategy for this game is you just want to roll above the like your competitors and then stop because right. you don't want to risk going too high. So just stop after you roll above them. How many dice there. are you rolling? Three? You just have one dice. But the the, the, the big factor in this is that everyone that's uh, not in the game, they can all, they also roll a dice. And if they roll, like, the skull on it, so it's one in six chance, they roll a skull. Everyone, all of the people alive that are playing the game, get incremented by one. So you could roll to a 20 and then get pushed over to a 21. So oh, okay. you just want to avoid, you want to avoid getting too close up. So you just want to be high enough so it's almost like a game of chicken as well, because I, you know, you might roll the dice, you get to like fifteen, someone else rolls, so then they get to like nineteen, and you go, you know what? I'm gonna wait because there's still like twenty, like twenty seconds left, and I think that the people are gonna get you killed <laughs> by just okay. rolling you up to one. So anyway, so anyway, Darlene feels like she's the master of this game, but in word form. I don't know why this is related to me, but she just somehow gets just enough to get close to twenty one, but she's right at twenty. She does not start a. You just, you just about I, see what I see what you're saying. Very convoluted, yeah. but there you go. Anyway. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. She, you know, it's, it's like the, uh, you know, uh, is it, is it shuffleboard? Oh, yeah, where, like that. Like where you're trying to get as close like to curling. the edge of the table. Um, I, not I curling, curling, but okay. Dang. So uh, it's a, it's a, it's a game. It's a table game, and and you're, you're sliding these pucks across the table. You're trying to get it close to the edge as possible without going over. Yeah. I know stuff for like the like the old person. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's also, by the way, exactly what you described is exactly blackjack. So actually, you're right. Oh yeah, yeah. you're right. It's like blackjack. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but I, I agree. Darlene is seemingly a master of pushing it right up to the limit, uh, and and never even you know giving you the hint that she's innocent while simultaneously saying that she's innocent yeah so consistently behaving otherwise anyway in the basement wendy finds out that the kidnapper is mason and her whole demeanor changes she starts smiling and talking sweetly to him uh but it turns out he blames wendy for losing his son so we'll remember i think it was the last episode when they were trying to uh when Mason was going to bring his baby in for a DNA test, Wendy tried to convince him not to do it. And shortly after, Zeke was taken away from him by Child Protective Services. So yeah. he blames Wendy, thinks that she's the one who called that in. Uh, we actually don't know if she did or not. She says yeah. she didn't. We don't actually, yeah, we don't like, it makes sense to why Darlene could have done that. We don't actually know who did it. Do you mean? Do you mean Wendy? You said you said Darlene. I oh I did mean because uh, Wendy blames Darlene for it. Like Darlene is the one that called in the um 
Oh, Does she I not blame Darlene for it? I think she blames Darlene just for killing Grace. Oh, okay, you're right. Yeah, I don't know but, if she blames her. We don't know who called in uh, CPS on Mason's. Right. Movie. It could have been Wendy. It could have just been some random. Right. It could have been Mr. Sal. But this is, this is, uh, you know, indicator number one that Marty and Wendy are switching places here because just, you know, earlier in the season reparations, it was Marty trying to convince Wendy that they don't have direct control over most of the stuff. People make choices and those choices have consequences. And he was pushing blame all the way back to Mason, actually, for the whole thing, you know, after Ash died he pushed the blame all the way back to Mason and vehemently to Mason. If Mason had stayed on the boat, you know, so Wendy is doing that now. No, no, no. I, this is not my doing you. It's Darlene. She was the real problem. So she's adopted that philosophy that Marty has that, that Marty kind of instilled in her that it's not their fault. It's somebody fault, further up the chain. Yeah. <laughs> further up the chain. Put, yep. Exactly. So, but she finally does say that she can't, oh, I'm sorry. She says that uh, he, she tries to appeal to him. You know, you're not a killer. And finally she says that she can help get his son back. So that's as far as that scene goes. Anything you want to say about that? I know. Okay. So back at that market where Marty confronted Darlene, he gets a call from Mason and Mason says that he wants Zeke back, he wants Zeke back tonight and that no one else uh, can be involved or he'll kill Wendy. And Wendy does tell Marty, he does allow her uh, to talk to Marty. And Wendy does tell Marty that Wilkes can help, which that sets up an interesting dynamic here because we haven't seen much between Marty and Wilkes, lots between Wendy and Wilkes, but not much between Mar Marty and Wilkes. It seems kind of like a chilly relationship because Wilkes kind of wants Wendy. Uh, and Marty kind of knows it and well he more than kind of knows it he definitely knows it yeah. and there's a, there's a little animosity there but anyway so that's that's an interesting setup anything you want to say about this phone call uh no no not, nothing particularly okay all right so let's move over to Ruth for a minute here she still can't shower uh she takes like a a bath with a washcloth she you know she cleans herself up with a washcloth she won't get in the shower and Cade knocks on the door and says that, that he's going to chop this boat he's going to get the thermal uh whatever it's called imaging thermal imaging system and he wants to take Wyatt instead of Ruth because Ruth is maybe not in the best set of circumstances to be dealing with this but Ruth refuses that outright absolutely not you're not taking Wyatt I'm fine and he tells her that she hasn't been right since the waterboarding those are his words you haven't been right okay those do you want to I, I won't comment on that currently okay yes you'll, you'll uh, come back to that later I assume okay all right at the lake house which is Wilkes house Marty tells Wilkes the situation and tells him that they need the baby uh Specifically, they need the baby today, to which Wilkes replies, that is insane, which is, the more you think about it, it does seem like an impossibility to get a baby <laughs> out of Child Protective Services within a 24-hour span. <laughs> it's, it's, also, it's also like, why? Like, what, like why yeah, do yeah. they get this baby out, right? Like, just the, the surface of it is just 
what does this have to do with anything? Like, yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. So now this this next scene, this is this is a long scene. So we're back right. in the basement. These basement scenes are long. And, and actually, this is why I, this is one of the reasons why I love this episode so much, because it's not the typical Ozark two minute scene, two minute scene, two minute scene, two minute scene. Like we actually get some time consecutively with Wendy and Mason. So I love this. So Wendy tells Mason about Grace's body. She tells him that it, it was Grace's body was in the Snell's field and how they swapped the bones by threatening the medical examiner. Now you brought this up in the spoiler section last yes, week that you remembered this. So they threatened the medical examiner and swapped the bones that way. So which which is great. And that does add to my appreciation okay, of you still won't up the score I, I still will not no it's it's a nine for me so i'll tell you what though if you up your score on this episode to a 10 i'll up my score on that one to a what 10. what is up with this like rating of <laughs> score? like what is this good pro quo <laughs> okay. So, okay we'll see yeah all right all right so she says she tried to warn him about the snells but he criticizes her for being in business with them and this is where the, the title of the episode comes from. Wendy tells him about good and evil. And she says, sometimes there isn't a right choice and a wrong one, but rather the righteous path is sometimes so hidden, it just looks like there's only one way out, which I, I, I love this concept. Uh, you know, I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I, I'm really into any ideas about good and evil and, you know, not just black and not just being black and white you know this idea that wendy says you know we didn't take we didn't take a partnership with the snells because we're bad people and we thought that would be fun we took it because it's the only way out we could see yeah so you know it it's in a, in a roundabout way asking mason for forgiveness basically i mean it is it is trying to say what you did wasn't um, purposeful. I shouldn't say because yeah. you didn't make the choice to do it, but you felt you forced, felt yeah. backed into a corner. You felt you there felt was only it. one way out. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, it was that or die, right? Yeah. So, and I do like to try to you know think about everything that Wendy says in this episode. You know, how much of it is sincere and how much of it is manipulating him to let it into letting her go she's really good at manipulating so that's oh she's so that. good yeah she's the queen so it's it, it it does make you wonder here uh although we do know they did not want to get into business with the snells yeah that is true so yeah they do not like the snells yeah Shocking. but she does yeah exactly i know they're wonderful people but she says to him, I don't want you to make the same mistake as us. There's another path for you. It's a better path. So she's trying to relate to him that even though they only saw one way out, there isn't only one way out for Mason. That there, there is another way for him to get out of this. She, off she offers him money. She offers him uh, you know, the opportunity to move and start a new life somewhere else. And he's seemingly receptive to some of this. He, he doesn't, he's not, you know, violently lashing out against any of it. Yeah. 
he's he's listening mm-hmm. yeah and and yeah, exactly he's listening he's taking it in and actually seems to be contemplating it but there's still humanity in mason you know it hasn't all left him but he uh, she says she needs to pee and so he brings her upstairs to pee uh, and he even untapes her hands in order to do it, which like, this is not a good kidnapper. <laughs> this, is, this is not Where's a professional kidnapper. kidnapper. Where's the best kidnapper? What is the best kid- kidnapper? Uh, Mason. This could all be part of his play. Maybe he tied down the windows. We tripped them. Oh, I'm not worried about the windows. I'm worried about her having free hands to, you know, hit me with a fire extinguisher, for example. <laughs> <laughs> so no, yeah, no, I, no, I think I, what's more egregious is when she gets out and doesn't like, yeah, retape her. Uh, yeah yes oh that definitely is more egregious yeah Yeah. but that but that's wendy's charm that's wendy being able to get inside his head and kind of pitch a tent there rent free right and then yeah yeah, exactly and bring her over to her side and gradually work her way toward him releasing her anyway this turns out to be his house you know, as Wendy's in the bathroom, he's looking around at pictures of Grace. He's looking at, you know, mem- memorabilia from their wedding, you know, family, uh, not family, but wet- wedding pictures of him and Grace. So this is their house. And he's, he looks around and he sees all the signs of his old life. Yeah, uh, all and, that trauma. Another, another yeah. instance of, you know, we have oh, yeah. Marty, yeah. and here we have um, Mason. Yeah, suffering. absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is this is the softening of Mason. You can see that he's kind of losing his resolve here. You know, it was almost to the point where he was chanting and trying to psych himself up beforehand. You know, don't believe her lies. She's the devil. Like, I don't. He wasn't saying all this stuff literally, but he was really psyching himself up here. And now he's a lot more subdued, uh, and he just looks more sad than angry now yeah so wendy has seemingly successfully shifted his mood from angry to sad all right Success. so what yes if that's what she was trying to do which i think it probably was so what's marty been up to this whole time with wilkes well they, they go to this house i don't know it's just some house but it turns out uh as we'll find out later that this is the home or office of somebody who works for child protective services but Wilkes tells Marty that he's going to get this done for them, but as soon as this is over, his relationship with them ceases to exist. So, so. is it them, or is it? I thought I thought it was like with Marty, but fair. Uh, I don't know sense. that he really had much of a relationship with Marty. Well, anyway. I mean, like that's why that's why yeah. I thought he meant by that was like this, this, like this whole stuff ends now. Yeah, right? as in like their his relationship with Mar- like him and Marty aren't going to keep talking now. Yeah, you might be right about that. But, you might be right. But no, yeah, but you could be right as well. So, yeah. so there, Maybe I mean, there's some purposely there's vague, a, so we don't know. Yep. So there's a cost to this, no matter what the outcome is, if they lose Wilkes as an ally. Yeah. Yeah, Wilkes is pretty like OP. You just kind of knows a lot of people, yep. knows a lot of things. Yeah. So. Uh, so I'm uh, back at Mason's house. I'm going to skip this scene because we already talked about it. Mason does not retape her hands. Anyway, so back to Wilkes and Marty. Wilkes tells the social worker or CPS uh, employee that why Marty and Wendy should have Zeke. So Wilkes goes into it and, and he's very diplomatic about it and he lays out all the legitimate reasons. Uh, and this guy, Gilroy, agrees. Yep, you're right. They should have Zeke. 
and wants to offer the birds even more foster children. <laughs> I know. And Marty's trying so hard not to. He's like, and yeah. you know, I, I have to talk with my wife about that. It's like, okay, yeah. but he's <laughs> really pushing Marty to agree to become a foster parent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Marty goes and tries to get a baby. Not only does he get the baby, he also gets offered more foster children on top of that. Darlene goes to get a baby and she gets rejected immediately. So it, th there's that dichotomy there, which is interesting. But anyway, uh, Gilroy after it says, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead and talk to your wife about it. And don't worry about it. Zeke will be ready to pick up in 10 days. Well, 10 days, that's 10 days. That, that's nine days too many. More than that, nine and a half days too many. More than that. I want to, I need them right 11 now. 11 days too many. <laughs> yeah, that, I need them right now. And, and Marty actually does some pretty quick thinking on his feet here and pretty deftly handles this and explains why Zeke needs to be turned over immediately. And he can pick, he's picking up on the religiosity of this guy, Gilroy, and he starts to play off of it, right? The idea, you know, we, can, we can't have this baby in the system any long, any minute that this baby's in the system is a minute closer to, to corruption. And we need to get him out immediately. And he says, oh, he, specifically, he says, we need to, he needs to avoid the moral rot of the system. Yeah. The moral that. rot. But I think his better argument is what he does with Mason, right? Yes, exactly. Because he said, you know, that Mason, this is Mason's only anchor to, to sanity, to reality, to whatever. He needs to be someplace that Mason trusts right now. So, which... It's a great argument. It's a it, it's an accurate argument, and it certainly is a convincing argument. Although I'm a little bit surprised that this uh, social worker doesn't send somebody after Mason right away to check in on him and what he might be up to. I, I like to imagine it's like yeah, you really convinced me. Give me one second. He like gets up, walks off, comes back. Here's Zeke. There you go. Like, <laughs> How do you have Zeke? Aren't you home? So I keep all the kids here. <laughs> so strange man there you go. So. that's funny i do think there's a little bit of a risk for marty though by using this argument because there there is a non-zero chance that this guy just says wait a minute is he dangerous we got to get somebody out there right now and sends the police out to mason's house speaking of mason's house wendy puts the kettle on for tea and mason how do you feel about tea you a tea type of person you tea guy? i like tea I like tea. I drink I drink tea pretty much every day. Oh wow. Oh yeah. So you must like tea. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The here's my one problem with tea. Making tea is a time commitment for me. <laughs> because not only boiling water takes time. So with boiling water, steeping the tea, and then this is the worst part. By the time it's cool enough for me to drink, uh it's you know 20 minutes, 30 minutes later. So I don't. I don't like hot tea. Yeah, I like me either. I don't. I don't warm like, tea. So this is where advantage, like Indians, like like a cha or chai, however you want to say it, right? And you yep. put milk in that. Yes. And, and so that really helps to cool it down because I'll just like yes. top it off. I'll put. It, I'll make it a little less milk and just top it off. To, nice. Drink it immediately. Do you really do you make it regularly or? I used to have it a lot when I was younger. No, I don't. Okay. Know, like super crazy. I'll I'll have it like maybe like two times a week i just have it whenever i feel like it. it's made every day yeah if, 
Indians love their like tea. <laughs> it's like yeah. they have it more than water. <laughs> when I went to India, tea was cheaper yep. than water. I was like, huh? Oh yeah. How does that make sense? How does that make yep. sense? There's just I know than water. So yeah, I, I I hear you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually, when I went to when I went to Germany, beer was cheaper than water. It's cheapest thing on the menu. <laughs> 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 it was. It was. It's really funny. Anyway, uh, Wendy puts the kettle on, and Mason confesses to her that he feels guilty for grace's death that she tried to convince him to go back out on the boat and not make waves and he didn't listen to her when wendy tries to get him off of that line of thinking and focused more on zeke i think wendy sees that the opening here what's really going to bring him back to reality and sanity and what's really going to give her the best chance of getting out of this is exactly what Marty just uses an argument to get seek in the previous scene, that this is your anchor to reality. So let's focus on Zeke. Zeke needs you right now. Mm-hmm. Mason is, a, is not too distracted by that because he says that his sin was pride. He believed he could change Marty, Wendy, Jacob, Darlene. He believed he could change these people. And then the kettle starts whistling. And Mason goes over to turn the stove off. Wendy picks up a fire extinguisher, hits him over the head with the fire extinguisher. Now, listen, Boy. you're going to hit somebody over the your kidnapper over the head with a fire extinguisher. You better be prepared to keep hitting. Yeah, him. I know. Why are you going to want to run? <laughs> I, exactly. This is the biggest thing. Like, you, this is where half measures are stupid, right? You got to commit if you've, yeah. you've already started. You yep. gotta go all the way. You don't just hit yeah. them once and run. You get like the worst of both situations. You've exactly. you barely encumbered them. You've angered them because they know yes. what you're going to do to them. Like you just and they can catch you. They're much, you know. Oh, she she should have either just tried to run, or which I uh, you know she especially where she was. She should have just tried to run. But if she was no. going to beat him with the fire extinguisher, she should have beat him with the fire extinguisher. Exactly. The, this is the, you got two choices in the situation. You stay the course and keep trying to appeal to him, you know, that it, as a father and and hope that he lets you out of it voluntarily. Yeah. It or well for you, yeah. Yeah, that's that was going okay. Or if you're going to hit him with a fire extinguisher, you got to commit to going all the way with it because yeah, if she, it if it doesn't work out, if that fire if if he get recovers and gets you back. Like oh. all that credibility, all that credibility you just spent building up for the last however many hours, it's all gone now. It's, it's even so, worse. It's, it's going to bite you back. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And he and he runs her down and tackles her and drags her back to the basement. It's a really graphic scene. This was a difficult thing to watch. It is really like, bad to watch. And it's all it's all one shot. It was it was incredible. Like there were no cutaways to that. And the, it's, it's some, sometimes was, you get those. Yep. They change the camera angle a bit. Like they run when she gets on the ground, they kind of swoop up a, mm-hmm. a bit, and then then they show the same camera angle. So they probably did sneak a cut in there. Okay, maybe um, one cut, but like <laughs> the, the, the like, have you ever tried to drag somebody? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I see what you're saying though. Or or been dragged? Like, I feel like somebody's always going to fall down, and that doesn't happen in this scene. Like, the the, the this this was real dragging, and it was tough to watch anyway um marty calls and he has zeke and mason tells him to bring him to the house alone and unarmed so this is where marty discovers that he's at mason they're at mason's house which i mean it, Chuck me. the, 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 I, this 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 seems like 
if you're going to kidnap somebody, don't kidnap them to your house. Well, that's the whole play, right? Like, that's, yeah. like this is basically where, you know, I think Marty would be so scared he won't even try to check my house in yeah. fear of, you know, me shooting his wife. I'm just going to, you know, like, say what you want, yeah. Mr. Sal. It's worked out beautifully. Yeah, you know, that's a fair point. Marty already knows where to go. That's a fair point. You know, I had this uh, student one time who always used to try to tell me, you know, somebody breaks into my house. I win because that's my turf. I know it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Home Alone style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know every exactly. crevice. I know I yep. know where the rooms go to. They're they're in my universe now. They're in living. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. All right. At the dock, Cade and Ruth are about to chop the boat, and that's all we see. But actually, do you want to just finish off the Cade and Ruth stuff? Yeah, if you want to. Okay, let's just finish that off. They they are getting the boat. They're, she's got the flashlight. He's trying to unhook the thermal imaging device. And there's the light goes on at the house. And the guy comes out with a shotgun or a rifle or some kind of weapon, you know, yelling at them. So who's on the boat? What are you doing? Get out of there. And Ruth starts to start apologizing profusely oh my god i didn't know he was gonna be home i thought he wouldn't be home this is terrible and they they the only way out for them the one way out for them <laughs> is to get in the water yeah which yeah which of under the dock which of course is exactly where ruth can't function right now so they get into the water to avoid getting caught and cade covers ruth's mouth as they hide because she's like hyperventilating. Okay. They they do get out of that though. And Ruth in the car is just beside herself, sobbing. She's equal parts shame and fear, I think. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. And she begs Cade to give her another chance, begs him to make him proud. She she, she feels like she can do that. He says, you know, it's okay. All that matters is that you're okay. And she immediately calms down. As soon as he says that, all that matters is you're okay. She calms right down. There's no more hyperventilating. There's no more crying. She's calm. And she tells Cade that she thinks the money is at the funeral home. And he says, well, let's go get it then. And that so, is the end of the Ruth and Cade story. Okay. So, okay. Well, we'll get back anything to you want us, we, we will get back to that. But we'll anything you want to say at this point? Uh, no. Okay. No, I think it's an option on it. All right, so back at Mason's, Wendy tries to convince Mason that she was sincere. And she says hitting him was instinct. She says when you're going down, you grab onto whatever you can, guns, drugs, God, fire extinguishers. But she's, she invokes God, and that I'm sure was intentional. Like she's, she probably said that in order to appeal to his religiosity. But as soon as you invoke God with with Mason, who's in this frantic state, that's what he's going to latch on to. And it's going to go one way or the other. It's either going to go very well for you because you're appealing to his religiosity or it's going to go very poorly for you. Because what happens with Mason is he questions whether she ever really grabbed hold of God. Have you ever really believed? And she tells him, yeah, I, I you know, I did. I, I uh, she says that she grew up uh, 
where she grew up, self-annihilation was a religion. You know, she was into sex, booze, and drugs before she was 15. And she says by 17, she had seen too many friends die and turned to her church and pastor for salvation. But she knew that he'd never look at her the same after she told him all of what she was into. Yeah, and she was, yeah, and she was heartbroken that she, she, she felt unwelcome. And so she left God behind. Now, how much of this do you think is real and how much is made up? I know she used to break into houses when she was younger. Yeah, we, we do know that. Place. Uh, mm-hmm. And what did she do with the milk? What, what was there all of her tendencies she would do? She, she would Move put photos. food dye in the milk. Down she the milk. would... Photos down. Uh, photos down. Yeah, she'd, she'd like lay in the clean sheets. Mm-hmm. She did talk about that. So it does seem like yeah. her upbringing was pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, putting food dye in milk. And it's having a good upbringing. Like, I think that's just a, a signal right there. No, I, I think the, <laughs> the sign of the, up, the upbringing is that the, <laughs> the laying in the clean sheets because it implies that her sheets were not clean. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's very fair. Um, yep. You're right. The, well, maybe she's used to her milk having a color. I guess so. Maybe that's it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, that's fair. So I, it, it's believable. I, maybe she's yeah. embellishing it. I mean, we don't really have any way of, you know, we have no way of telling. But yeah, she, I, I she's agree. Been consistent with her story on her dad and you know, yes. having some sort of somewhat religious upbringing or going to church, some sort of upbringing to that degree. So I think yeah. she's telling the truth. Maybe she's embellishing I, some I, parts I, on it, but I think she's. I I do too, and here's here's why I think she's telling the truth as well. I'll, every I agree with everything you said, but I think she there's an indicator that she's telling the truth here too, because I don't think she has a lot to gain by telling this story. This is not a story that's going to make him feel good or happy or like her. You know, she's telling a story about how she left God behind, yeah. which is, is, has, is just as likely to infuriate him as it is to find empathy in him. That's true. So, so I, I think this is true, but he tells her, that you know, faith isn't a choice. It's the essence of life. Anyone who truly believes could never leave their faith behind. He walked, he, and he tells her that he walked into that store because he trusted God would save him. She disagrees. She says, you walked into that store to die. And God was just something you found along the way, which that is gutsy as hell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I could. Him too, or at least Grace. Not, not the same way. Oh, yeah. She got lucky. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you say that uh, the guy was a terrible shot? Yeah. God, yeah, God, God, didn't, God didn't save you. That guy was just a terrible shot or something like yeah. that. But anyway, so, so yeah, it's, it's interesting, though, because she's really, this is pretty aggressive. This is, it's pretty aggressive when you're talking to a minister who has you at gunpoint tied up. You know, you know what? You know what I think is wrong here. I mm-hmm. think um, she took a page out of your book, and this is what oh. happens when she takes a page out of your book, or at least oh. something that you you might agree with. With so you agreed that bringing up your children, you know, trying to trying to make yourself as relatable as possible, right? You should always mm-hmm. do. Might as well. Can't hurt. But I think when mm-hmm. it's gone too far in the direction of let me just try every tactic I possibly can, and yeah. it can't hurt. But she's done so many different tactics; it's starting to hurt. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's mixed it, so many things together. 
you know, who would have thought mixing every food you love turns into some terrible concoction? But <laughs> interesting. What do you mean pepperoni and gumballs doesn't taste good on pizza? Yeah. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> oh man. Uh, anyway, um, Marty finally shows up, and probably not a moment too soon because she really seems like she was antagonizing him, but. Marty shows up and gives Zeke to Mason, goes into the basement. Mason, though, comes down with Zeke. And it seems as though he hasn't thought this out very well. Now he's got oh. Zeke back. He's like, wait a minute. You're just going to turn me in. <laughs> he's like, connect the dots. And I was like, oh, no, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's not a very good kidnapper. No. But he, so he tells, and, and at this point, he tells Zeke to shut up because Zeke starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> and he yells at the baby shut up <laughs> and then he's like wait a minute what did you do to him you broke him <laughs> you broke him because because you're the devil and what did you do to my son it couldn't have anything to do with the fact that he's like screaming at them right now that that wouldn't make mm. the baby cry so this brings me to our uh, to the second part the second segment of pick a side in this episode. Now, Kurt, you've chosen to choose. This is the the, the choice that you chose to make. Would you like to defend? Uh, now, hold on. My question is, who's the worse father? Not who's the better father. So, who would you like to uh, argue is the worst father? Kate. Really? Oh, you set me up. You set me up. <laughs> I was convinced that, that you were actually legitimately defending Cade through this whole episode. <laughs> All right. Good for you. So I'll, I, will, I will say that Mason is the worst father. Uh, and I went first with... last time. Oh, oh you want me okay. to start? I would like it if you start. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will if you want me to. Okay. I got I to. Gotta... Okay. I appreciate it. All right. So I think it's a pretty easy argument that Mason is the worst father here. He actually tried to drown his baby. Like he held that baby underwater with the intent to kill the baby. Okay, so that alone should be enough, but there's more. Zeke was taken from him by Child Protective Services, not because Wendy turned him in, not because Darlene turned him in, not because of any of this. He was taken from him because that baby needed to be taken from him because he was being negligent. Like that baby is out in the cold for hours a day while his father preaches on the corner. And we've seen on two other occasions, Mason show up someplace without Zeke. He shows up at Marty's and Wendy's house. He, he shows up at the police station without Zeke. Where is Zeke through all of this? As far as we know, Mason has nobody. We have He's never seen bench. him in. It's just at the what? outside. He's at the corner. He's at the corner. Okay. Preaching right. the good word. Yeah. So, so yeah, he left him at the bench. Exactly. So, uh, and that's more or less my assumption that he just leaves the kid untended, maybe not at the bench. Maybe but home. Right, yeah. in a parking lot somewhere, you know, maybe home. Regardless, yeah. you do not do that. That is terrible parenting. Yeah, but and then, then he'd like look bad if he has a kid with him, right? Like, it, it can no, be hard you, dating if it, you have a kid with you. So. I, well, he doesn't seem to be trying to date, but the only, 
I, I suppose not. Maybe he's trying to get with Wendy, and that's why he kidnapped her. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a real yeah. And the clincher to all of this is when the baby starts crying because Mason is being an awful human being, and he points the gun at the baby and says, "Shut up." So Mason is clearly the worst father here. Well, Mr. Sal, okay. he's only been a bad father for like maybe a month, two months, sub sub half a month, or sub half a year. I mean, yes. Okay, he's only been mm-hmm. so. But you just look at the the length of bad fatherness really assess. I feel like the 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 terribleness in the father, right? Doing okay. doing bad things to someone over six months is not as bad as doing something bad for maybe not as bad, but for years. One might argue is even worse. Uh, and that's exactly what I'm saying here. Cade is a criminal. Still continues criminal activities. Mason has not been charged in any sort of crime. Um, that be, he, has, he has committed a criminal offense. But you know what? You know, fire, fire fights fire. I mean, the birds are definitely not clean themselves. He's probably the cleanest out of all of them, despite what he's doing. So there's there's that, right? It's the cleanest person barring his baby out of you know all these adult interactions. Uh, Cade, straight up criminal, still gets out, gets a thousand dollars in his pocket, still beats on a diner. Anyway, I'm talking to his character here, right? He's a criminal, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. But how is he as a father? Well, we see how when back when he was in prison, right? Ruth would cried after visiting him, right? He got so much sway over Ruth. We know how much sway he is over Ruth, and holding her in his car. You remember that abuse? It's it's a it's a slow burn type of torture, right? You know he's. Uh, taking his time there could have been some sexual abuse there's hints of it nothing ever outright but hints surely um let's think back to the night the cartel came and tortured ruth he was sitting out there with a gun threatening to fight the cartel now that could have gotten them all killed what a terrible father you know what i mean what a, what a bad thing to do he um when ruth needed to get a boat towed that a um, boat we haven't seen in forever for the casino towed right he Missouri Bell. Yeah, Missouri Bell. He came and helped do it. Could have let someone else, you know, could have could have charged the Ruth a little less, but you know, or could have could have not taken all that thousand dollars. But no, that's kind of bad of him to do. Uh, earlier this episode, didn't want Ruth to come along on the expedition. Uh, to the thing, to the uh, chopping of the boat. That's a bit of a bad jerk move to do there, saying she hasn't been the same since the waterboarding. How, how is he to know, right? Bad on him. Uh, after she got waterboarded, had the audacity to not even let her walk herself back to some peace, had to help her. That's just, you know, kind of degrading in a way. You know, if you, I know how to walk. If someone tried to uh, help me walk when I didn't need it, I'd be like, well, that's kind of unneeded now, isn't it? Kind of demoralizing. Um, <laughs> Even even this episode, when she's under the dock or boat, right? He holds her mouth shut. <laughs> imagine that. Imagine, imagine you didn't want your child talking. You just held their mouth shut. Terrible, right? What a, what a terrible person. At the very end of it all, very end of it all, right? He, when they're back in the car and she's leaning on him, he has the audacity to tell her that, you know what? There will be other boats as long as she's okay. Like, just terrible. It's a terrible thing to say to her. Should have, should have tried strengthening her up. She's letting her. He's, letting, he's being too weak on her. So, Kate, Kate <laughs> is certainly the worst father. Um, <laughs> what? 
on earth was that? <laughs> so there you go. Very, just very started. mixed messages out of you. Just there. Right. So, so I got the impression that you were arguing that Cade was the worst father by arguing that he's the better father. Whoa, are you? Listen, I tried my hardest to say he's the worst father, but if you, <laughs> if if somehow you've come to the conclusion that he's the best father, well, listen, that that's your that's that's what you've reached. Is he a better father than Marty? Even well, that wasn't the question. That wasn't, that wasn't the, the question. question but... <laughs> but I guess I guess we'd love to hear. I've I've said my piece on Cage. <laughs> you said uh, <laughs> your piece on Mason. Uh, I mean, what do we agree with though? Who is the worst father? So, so who do you actually think is the worst father? It's a hard one. For it is this a really hard one? No, it is not hard at all. Easily Mason. Okay. Easily, easily so I don't think it's as easy as that because no, I mean easily. I think that Come you on. you are you are painting Cade in your argument to, that he is the worst father. You painted him like a saint. What no, the what? hell was that? <laughs> like a saint. You I described did. everything he did wrong. You're like holding he about helped. shut. He helped her back to her trailer. He said, "Yo, that helped her. She, she can walk. She can walk. You know, imagine she's just he's just demoralizing her. Imagine, imagine. No, he that. was not. Oh, that was actually the right move. It's one of the one of the. disagree. He says that there will be other boats. Is the the important thing is that you're okay. You used that as an argument against him. What the hell? It's not my fault. Like I, I admitted to that into court. That's on the record okay. now, Mr. Sell. That's why did you pick Cade? I could I could bear witness to hear you diss on Cade. So I oh I'm I'm gonna do I'll it anyway. No, <laughs> <laughs> because but I didn't pick Cade. I picked Cade. I didn't get the chance to pick Cade. You picked him first. Well, because you got to pick first. I don't need another set. You know, okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one thing about Cade, and and I don't necessarily agree that Mason is the worst father. I think there is a chance that Cade is. It's it is possible that Mason's worst. What about what about as of now? Can you put like a contingency? Because you can't just like blanket say you know like as of what we've seen. Uh, well, Mason's dead now, <laughs> so so okay, uh, prior to him being dead, like, uh, <laughs> so like how they acted as fathers. Well, well, yeah. So this so this is what I'm saying. I I think that what, has potential to be worse. He's what we have what we have seen makes Mason look worse, but I think no. that it's what we haven't seen that has the potential to make Cade be the worst father here. Okay, and you did hint at it that there are hints of sexual misconduct here, but I think that the real giveaway here the beginning is of my that argument scene was definitely more scathing than the ending of my argument. Oh my god, the ending was like, oh my god, father of the year here. But no, this is th this is the only thing I want that I want to say, and I've already kind of said it uh, in the last scene of this episode with Cade and Ruth. They're in the car, and Ruth is hysterical. It's all shame. It's all fear. Just give me another chance, Daddy, and just give me another chance to make you proud. And as soon as he says it's okay, she stops. So that points to a lifetime of trauma and abuse. A lifetime of it. Or she really wants her dad to be proud. Oh, there's no doubt about that. But the, that quick shift from hysteria to calm 
indicates to me that that it wasn't just about shame. There was a lot of fear in there and she's afraid of Cade. And that fear comes from a lifetime of abuse. So I, I don't, I'm not saying that Cade is worse than Mason, but I think there's a really good chance that he is. So now that we've Listen, now, I'm glad, I'm glad our, my argument of, you know, length of terribleness should also be a factor, not just quality oh of my terribleness, God. right? Yes, so. that, that, that was legit. Well, okay, but listen, I've made my points. I hope that's all admitted into the court document for people to look oh, at in the decades. And You are the worst public defender ever. <laughs> well, it depends who I'm defending. I, I know. You're like, hmm, how can I sabotage this case? <laughs> Oh my god! I, I, I did not want you ripping on Cade, so I had to pick that's, Cade myself. That's why. You, oh, well, and I ripped on him anyway. So there I, do, I do like right. oh, when I picked Cade. You were, you played me this entire episode. That's yeah, like, no, no, he's he's gonna get a rude awakening that oh, he's gonna play now. Uh, we'll have to more clearly explain the rules of this game next time on the next episode. Oh, yeah, pick I, a side. I, yeah, I won't. I won't throw it next time. <laughs> but I just, I felt that it was the appropriate thing. Did I? I had no other. <laughs> what, what do you do, my? I had no. There's the one way out. Like I had no other way. Okay. Back to gotcha. a corner. I can see another line. All right. Well, let's finish this up. So Marty tells Mason all things that they did to all the things that they did to help him. They did a fundraiser for him. They warned him about the Snells. They paid the Snells $700,000 to save Grace the first time. And he does, and every time the birds do something to help him, Mason does the exact opposite to cancel it right out. Mason doesn't believe any of it, thinks he's lying. And he says, you know what? I'm going to take Wendy away because she tells the truth when you're not around. And <laughs> I like Wendy. Uh, yeah i was like whoa so, so maybe he was trying to get with wendy anyway uh that's neither here nor there wendy slowly works her magic more she she slowly walks toward him and eventually stabs him with a screwdriver now again you're gonna do this you gotta commit all the way to it go for the neck not the side anyway uh mason uh is able to recover and he drops the gun, which that's, I guess, the good thing. But uh, Wendy is, uh, she, he, but he restrains Wendy as Marty picks that gun up. And Mason tells him they took everything from him. Grace, Zeke, his faith, and he's about to stab Wendy and Marty shoots him in the neck and he bleeds out. And as I'm watching this, one thing came to mind that I think probably you'll appreciate i kept thinking is zeke dexter what oh <laughs> like there's infant zeke in a puddle of his father's blood yeah yeah i mean <laughs> but it was his mother's but yeah it, yeah it was his mother's but but anyway Fair. His mother also so, seemed a lot more innocent than anyway. All right. What Wendy at this point completely takes charge. Marty actually has a panic attack. He thinks he's having a heart attack. He's having a panic attack, a panic attack and just like heaving into her arms. 
Wendy says, I'll take care of this just like you took care of me. That to me is indicative of a turning point. Okay. There's Marty is folding here and Wendy is taking charge. And we can see it even more clearly in the next scene, which is the opening scene, the interview at the house. And we now know why Marty's so distant. And Wendy gives perfect answers. And this is overlaid, these perfect answers is overlaid with shots of her cleaning up Mason, uh, Mason's blood off the floor and them loading up Mason's body into the car, burning his body at the crematorium. And the PR rep, do you remember the PR rep that they met with at 10, supposedly yeah. at 10 a.m.? Okay, she, I don't know if you noticed her, but she's there. She's the background, and she's, yeah. yeah. but she's watching this whole thing and with, with a, what I think is a very scrutinizing look. She's, she's really observing and, and is almost critically looking at Marty, I think. And I think it's important for us to remember that this PR rep could have I don't I guess we don't know this so I, maybe it's not important for us to remember I was assuming and I think they may have said it that Helen set them up with this PR rep yeah if you even invoke you know Marty's like how do you know I have like a like a family of I forgot what vibe she wants to make with this family she says that but Marty kind of questioned how do you know about my family and she's like Helen duh like oh okay so, gotcha so that's she might what, be that's able to cartel tell to some degree yeah, yeah. I, so I, I kind of unsure but she could be right or at least she's she's she has the ability to report back to helen what mm -hmm. she's observing here so and i think that's important to take note of so uh marty uh while the interview is going on audibly we see marty scattering mason's ashes in the lake and wendy tells the reporter that they're going to be fostering the child of a friend in need for a while for a while and this is zeke so they're going to be fostering zeke and she says to look on marty when he has to look at zeke oh i know uh, you know it, it to the point where she says to marty what do you think marty are we boring and he's he didn't even hear the question he just says sorry sorry say that again like he's that distracted he's completely out of it so yeah th this episode is so a 10 out of 10 for me this, this is I probably like this even better than game day, which is the other 10 that I've given out this season. So Sorry, it's I just threw a little in my mouth. Oh, stop. Oh, you wow. stop that right now. Can someone say like <laughs> hype train alert here? Like uh, what? So I, and I, and I went into this episode thinking, I knew that I had given it a 10 on first viewing and I was like, all right, but I, did I give it a 10 for the shock value? Because you know, it's, it's, it's a big shock with Mason doing the kidnapping and then Marty actually having to kill, which we didn't even talk about that. This is the yeah, first time they, they, they've actually killed. Yeah. It, yeah. Neither one of them has actually pulled the trigger before. None of the birds have ever killed anyone. First yeah. bird kill, Marty. Yep. So, so this, this, is a, this is a big deal. And the more I, and I watched it with that kind of critical lens, and I still think there's so much to this episode there's so much in the transition of power from marty to wendy there's so much in that idea of the first kill and even with the ruth and Cade stuff there's a lot there that that we get to see this trauma that ruth is experiencing not just from the waterboarding but from a lifetime of abuse from Cade. yeah i brought that up again anyway and i'm also a big sucker for questions of 
faith and, and morality here too. So, which is prevalent throughout this episode, but mostly what I love about this episode is the showcase of Wendy and her talents here because she can even play politics with a kidnapper who's got her tied up. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I expect this to be a rather easy TV time, but maybe not. No, I, I, I We'll it see. was definitely easy for me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, for you. Yeah. So, although I will say, I for a split second, I was like, "Am I sure I don't want to vote for Marty here?" Because these interview scenes with Marty, I am so impressed with Marty as a character here in these interview scenes. But uh, ultimately, you know, this is a Wendy showcase that I just think is uh, it, it, this made her the star of the series in, in my mind. So, anyway. Uh, anything else you want to say to wrap up before we get into TV time? Since we've invoked it already. Uh, no, uh, I I will not be giving this a ten. Not right now. No. Maybe I'll uh, think about it. Um, but I would I would not look. I would not. Don't hold your breath, as I've said. Breathe. I, Breathe. Would, I, I I will continue. I'll continue breathing. But Michelle, excitingly though, yes, of course, TV time. Everyone loves TV yes. time. TV time's a great time. Yay. Yay for TV time. For those of you, we haven't said it in a while. TV time is an app that we one uses to track uh, television and movie viewing. So it, it it's kind of nice because it'll give you, um, it'll keep track of where you are in a series. So if you're watching multiple series at the same time, you like, I can't remember which episode I left off on because I've already I re went back and rewatched episode one. So Netflix thinks I'm on episode one now. But uh, it keeps track of that for you. And then, and along the way, you can uh, rate the episodes and vote for your favorite characters in the episodes and so forth. So, all right. So the rating, you know, I gave this five stars. You know, I voted for Wendy for my favorite character. So what do you think okay, well, about well, yeah. the audience? I gave five stars. Audience had to give it five stars. Yeah, um, 73%. Yeah, fair. Um. Mm -hmm. Now, see, there's a thing. Does, does Mason get a sympathy vote? Right? So I'm also torn as well because I am part of the committee. Though, since since I've been relieved of my duties, thanks to the um, change in the recap episode, uh, I think I'm freed up enough to also vote for Wendy. And I think the people are as well. Um, so I, I, I believe this is a three-way Wendy victory. Oh, wow. So I will tell you this much. This is Mason's strongest showing, but oh, no. he's still only 5% of the vote. Oh, so, did he's only 5% of the vote. Did Marty beat Wendy? He did. He did. 56% Marty. <laughs> oh, I, I, I always vastly underestimate how much of a Marty show this is. Like, come on, people. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Wendy only got 34% of the vote here. She was second. But yeah. Crazy, what? right? Yeah, <laughs> criminal. criminal yeah. Scum. You know, people are looking at you know the FBI is looking at arresting the birds and Marty and whatnot. Why not these like viewers here on show? These people right here, <laughs> more than half of them voting Marty. Do you want to hear what's more criminal? Shoot, yeah. So Marty fifty six percent, Wendy thirty four percent, Mason five percent, Ruth only four percent, and do you know who's in fifth place? Petty. You'll never, you'll never get it. Petty, that's, that's Jonah, one percent. <laughs> Jonah fan club has formed. The, the very <laughs> small, 
one percent subsection. They, they subservient. I mean, to Joe he Dunn. was he was in the room for the interview, but I think that's all he did in this episode. Yeah, they mentioned him to like get Joan out of his room. He can't sleep all day. He yeah, do his homework yep. even though he's suspended. Like, yeah, that's 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 terrible. Why is he get one percent of the vote? I don't know. Don't know. Anyway, there was a poll question, although I don't think it's something that we can talk about here. The poll was, do you, do you believe Marty will, uh, and the, fill in the blank, and the choices are fold, stay strong, go into hiding, or go on a rampage. Yeah, fair so, enough. So we can't address that here. Okay. So anyway. I, I guess that's the end of the spoiler-free free zone then. It is the end of the spoiler-free segment of the show. So for those of you who have not seen through the end of season three of Ozark, uh, we would advise you to tune out now because we are about to spoil future episodes. And we will hopefully see you again next week when we cover episode eight of season two, The Big Sleep. In the meantime, you can email us at showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. And please do rate and review the podcast. We do appreciate that and share it as much as you can. So see you next week as we move into the spoiler zone. Well, Kurt. I can't believe we're recording the spoiler zone like three weeks out of doing the actual podcast. I can't really remember very well what we discussed. (laughs) Um, not true not true true Um, I have one thing I have one thing to bring up do you have anything Mm -hmm. to bring up Uh, not much but uh, just you know the the idea that this baby is going to to, okay go ahead you can no 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 you didn't take it no you didn't take it okay good that this this baby is going to Darlene as a payoff Hmm. so yeah. This this you know baby Zeke, now, and we've seen it throughout the season. Darlene wants a baby. Uh, Wendy kind of fake fakes helping her get a baby, uh, but ultimately they do get her a baby, unbeknownst to Wendy, because this that's that's a Marty unilateral decision, uh, and it's one of the it's one of the uh, few times from this point forward where. Marty tries to exert some authority over Wendy. I'm very interested to see are we living in the Wendy world now? Oh yeah, I know. I mean, I know we are in season three. We know that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep a keen eye on you know see how much power each one puts out. So we'll keep on that. What I am, um, what I really wanted to touch on was so Marty right here is suffering right obviously after killing someone, mm-hmm. some you know trauma from it, and we're gonna see. He's gonna get over it, but then he's also gonna get trauma when he gets kidnapped in season three by the Navarro. That's cartel. right. They like test his metal. <clears throat> That's right. Um, and that because he's about to crack, he says he's going to take the deal, right? He's he's basically he's done. It seems like, but he gets kidnapped by the Navarros, and they and somehow. I mean, he definitely comes. He acts a bit weird when he comes back too, and definitely seems like there's some trauma, but. He doesn't want to portray the cartel anymore, and he feels though he can flip. What's what's that new FBI agent's Maya. name? Maya. Maya. There you go. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. feels that he can flip Maya. So that's that's interesting. We'll see, Marty. It's not the end of his traumas, poor soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll have to see what that. I'm interested yeah. in that. And 
poor Marty. He's going to get so much bad news. Like, that's going to happen to him. The end of this season, he's going to get, you know, uh, someone's going to take a turd or a crap in a cereal because Wendy's not going <laughs> to feel like leaving. Like, yeah, and I'm really in the mood right now to leave. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Things are, things are not coming up, Marty. Do you remember if we see any more Wilkes in this season? I, I'm trying I trying to remember how much Wilkes we see in season three because I know he's kind of like an antagonist of some sort. Yeah. They like show uh, him I, at the end. I yeah, I think we see none of him in season three until that very end there. I, I didn't remember who he was. Who's this guy? Yeah, yeah. So we do see, we do see we see Jim at one point in season three, but not Charles Wilkes. And he does say here that he's done the, the relationships over after this. So I don't yeah. remember if we see any more Wilkes. I also I legitimately don't remember what happens with Rachel. You kind of alluded that you might. Do you? No, I just wanted to see more knowledgeable. You know, like the episode yeah. before, I lied that I didn't know the bones, and I did. That time, I kind of actually like I did know, but I don't. I right. I got to keep up an image for the non-spoiler people. Fair enough. So. Okay. But you, you right. spoiler people, you guys get to know that it's all facade that I keep up for the non-spoiler people. So it's our own little secret. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I guess the you know getting back to Zeke here, it is pretty. Uh, striking to think about how much of a centerpiece of the story he really is and how and how a lot this instigated this whole thing with mason it's going to zeke is going to get them out of trouble with darlene but then zeke is going to get them back in trouble with darlene and uh yeah so that's good oh very excited Oh yeah. What is it? No, never. Nah, never mind. I I was gonna do more arguing that Cade potentially is the worst father, but I don't. I don't feel like I need to do that anymore. Listen, you are looking at this with hindsight. I'm just looking at what we've seen so far, and seems like a pretty great father to me right now. Listen, I know in the past might have done some bad things. Future, maybe he'll do some bad things. But right now, in that present. The things he does for his little Ruthie. So, okay. Back up to you, you, you're treats really... her better than Marty treats her. Is that true? Nowadays, yeah. Like Marty doesn't defend Wyatt at all. School stuff. Oh, you know, well, speaking of there, Wyatt. Go, oh. Speaking of Wyatt, that was my argument that Cade goes to her with this little chess piece. The one person that he knows he can dangle in front of Ruth is Wyatt. And that's what he does. You know what? I Don't mean, worry about it. You stay home. You're not right. I'm well, going to take mean, this kid that you care about more than anybody in the world. I don't think, I think that was just him genuinely wanting him to stay home. No, you, you, you act like Kate is like a, like a 200 IQ mastermind. But I think he genuinely was just like, you know, you stay home. You're not all right. See, what's oh. the gain from it? Get her to come. She's going to come anyway. Yes. What's the point? She's going to come anyway. No, she's telling him not to come instead. So she was already coming. Hmm. Okay. What's the point of that? Hmm. Let me think about that. I'll think about that and get back to you. <laughs> You're not gonna get back to you. <laughs> nope. <laughs> totally gonna forget as soon as we're done yeah, with this yeah, podcast. Yeah, okay. But so, <laughs> uh, I don't. Know. That's anyway. Uh, I don't have any more spoiler stuff. Do you? No. No, I have nothing okay. more to say. All right, folks, we will hopefully see you, talk to you, whatever we do. We'll talk about it. We hope you listen as next week we cover episode eight, The Big Sleep.